round for Mark. And it's my honor to bring up another special guest. I'm not giving my testimony, but it's my honor to just tell you what we're doing this semester is we're gonna have different leaders and coaches and even students give testimonies about what's going on in their life and how God is faithful in the day to day. And so I wanna invite Pralov to come up here and just share how God has been faithful in his life and uh, wherever he wants to go with it. Holy Spirit, have your way. Thanks, Mark. Uh, so guys, I just want to quickly share uh, a, a, a promise, a word that was spoken over my life and how it came true this winter break, and I hope this encourages you guys. So over the last few years, uh, my mom had constantly been telling me that someday my dad is going to see a glimpse of Jesus through my life. And even though that's a great word, I didn't completely believe in it. Uh, but come this past winter break, I was in India with my beautiful fiance Drew, she's somewhere in the crowd. Uh, and uh, instead of my usual approach of immediately trying to go to him and tell him about Jesus and stuff like that, this time God told me to wait. So I just waited and it was not easy. I waited for three days, four days, five days. I waited for the right God moment to happen between me and my dad. And this came in the form of a car ride uh, from my house to a hospital, which was about an hour away. So the whole time I just kept quiet, just smiled, it was a normal conversation, and let him bring up religion and God and stuff like that. And that's when I knew this is a God moment. The first thing I did different to what I used to do in the past is I listened to him. I took the time to listen to him to make him feel like he matters. What he's saying matters. Uh, and even though I was engaged with him the whole time, I was not trying to respond or reply, but I was asking the Holy Spirit to come rest on my heart and give me the words to speak. And guys, I'll tell you, this worked so well, because as soon as he was done, all that God told me to tell him was, Dad, I love you. I just share the simple gospel about who Jesus is, what he's done for our sins, how he died on the cross, so that we can be set free and live as free children of Christ. And he just, he was just baffled. He's like, what was this? For the first time, my dad shut up. And I just felt God's presence just all over inside the car. And God was like, you can't stop now. I'm working, come on. And I, that's when it hit me that the last three weeks, he'd been sharing about his lower back hurting a lot. And immediately my training from Alive, from the Vineyard Church, the five-step prayer model just kicked in. And I was like, dad, you know what? Can I pray for that back pain? And guys, this is so crazy because this is so hard for me to be vulnerable with my own father. But he's like, sure, yeah, this pain's just so bad. I just wanted to go, just do whatever. So I was like, can I put my hand on your shoulder? And I did the whole thing, put my hand, said a simple prayer, like five words long. Jesus, I just ask for this pain to go away in your mighty name. And boom. After that moment, he didn't complain about his back pain even once, guys. This is awesome. I just give glory to God for this, and I hope this encourages you guys to just live out your life like Jesus and love people. Thank you. Okay, so, so yeah, we're just going to now just start uh, into worship, and I'll just lead us off in prayer. So, God, I just thank you so much for this night. Would you just have your way in our lives, God? Would you just fill us with your presence anew? God, would we feel you tangibly and know how faithful
<laughs> thank you for an amazing night. Thank you for an amazing family. Thank you that we get to be in the middle of one of the greatest campuses, one of the greatest universities in the world and worshiping you, Jesus, the King above all kings. In Jesus' name, just bless this night. Amen. Amen. Will you guys stand as we worship? To you our hearts are open, nothing is hidden, you are one desire. You alone are holy, only you are worthy, God, let your fire fall down to you. To you our hearts are open, nothing
you just hold out your hands and close your eyes? God, I thank you that every single person in this room is here for a reason. I just feel like I'm supposed to remind you guys that you are all chosen, you are all called, that you would not be alive, you would not be breathing here at the Sugabai campus, here in this room right now, if God didn't have a reason and a purpose for you. We just speak that and we declare it over every single person that's in this room tonight. God, that even when we're surrounded, we're surrounded by you. Come even more. Thank you for meeting us here tonight. <laughs> we let go of control. guys just raise your hands and just the vocals can we sing this chorus out one more time this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles I sing to you this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I sing to you, I sing to you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by you. It may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by you. Sing it one more time. It may look like we're surrounded, we're surrounded by you. Yeah. Just sing this chorus with me, guys. I can't sing, so I'm stepping out, but. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. One more time. God, here I am to worship, here I to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Oh, thank you. Jesus, we just thank you, Father. We thank you that you're our God. We thank you that you're our living God. 
We thank you that there might be battles around us, but you are the one that surrounds us. And I thank you, Father, that you brought us here tonight, every single one of us, to remind us who you are, to remind us that you're living, that you're loving, and that you're real. I thank you, God, that you fight our battles and you bring us back to the heart of worship, of knowing you as our Father and living as your sons and your daughters. I thank you for what you want to do tonight, God. And I just say, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, man. Thank you, guys. You can have a seat. Can we give it up for the worship band, please? That was awesome. Man, well, I am, my name is Ryan. Thank you so much for coming out. We had an awesome time at uh, the RSO Fair today in the Union. So if you are new or this is your first time, please come and say hi because we met a ton of people. And uh, it was awesome meeting people. I just want to give it up uh, for two guys real quick. Uh, this is Paul. Paul, raise your hand. He's awesome. Paul's been a part of Alive since the beginning of the year. And this is his first time leading worship up here. And it was just awesome. And, and the other guys run away. Micah, hold up. Wave your hand. Wave. Everyone wave to Micah. Man, Micah, a lot of people might not know this, but Micah actually helped start Alive with Lee and I way back two and a half years ago. And it's just awesome. He hasn't led worship for a while. Just thank you, Micah. As you guys know, he's just so anointed and, and blessed us with that. So it's great to have you back, bro. Well, I am so excited to continue to kick off our series, Second Week of Alive, um, as we go through the book of Luke. But I wanted to give another two, two shout-outs real quick. Um, I know in announcements, probably only half of you were here then because we roll in late. That's how we do. Um, but, hey, we have small groups going this week. We had our first guy small group last night. I think we had, like, 30 guys there. We did go to B-dubs and see a movie, so that could have been part of it. Um, but uh, if you're a dude and you want to get plugged in, man, every Tuesday night, and then we have uh, girls' ladies' night, Monday night, and then two co-ed, uh, a Bible study on Thursday which is following Luke. So if you like going into the Word of God and you want to go deeper, if this is just a snack for you, which I hope it is, um, I encourage you to come out on Thursdays to go deeper in that. And if you just love worship, like you could just worship for hours, um, I just encourage you to come on Friday nights to deeper, hence the name deeper. You will go deeper in your faith and your walk with the Lord. Um, but I also wanted to give another shout out to this thing that we're doing for the first time ever. Um, I begged Shelby to be a part of it, and she's finally said yes, so I'm pumped for that. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually getting to do this with my fiance, with Shelby and Kyle, with Pralov and Drew. And we wanted to start a couple small group. So for anyone that's in a relationship, whether your boyfriend or your girlfriend is here on campus or somewhere else, we wanted to provide a small group that meets once a month that really just helps walk with you guys and navigates through relationships. When I've been in a relationship, I've faced obstacles and i faced things that I didn't face when I was single. We have single groups and married groups, so our heart is to be a group that can be accountable and just to, to help walk through, answer tough questions, pray with you, encourage you. Uh, we're going to meet at Harvest Market on Saturday from 12 to 1.30. We're going to have some lunch, have some coffee, and just hang out as friends. So if you're in a relationship, I would just encourage you to take a risk and come check that out. 
All right. Well, I am pumped to get uh, locked and loaded for this week. If you were here last week, we kicked off Luke chapter 1, and we looked at the story of Zechariah and Mary. And if, if you remember, or if you weren't here, Luke, the book of Luke is actually a letter wrote from Luke to his friend Theophilus. We're going to call him Theo. What up, Theo? Um, <laughs> you guys say, what up, Theo? Okay, okay, that was weak, but all right, nice try. You want to try again? All right, that was a little better. Michael Sacco could yell louder than that. One more time. All right, let's go. Now you sound like you're in college. Let's go. <laughs> um, so, man, so Theo was going through a hard time. He was feeling the persecution. He, he was such a strong believer, but he was going through a hard time. And Luke actually didn't know Jesus. He didn't live with Jesus, but he was known as an investigator. He was known as a physician, as a doctor. This dude was smart. And Luke went and, and found account by account, story by story. He interviewed people. He, he, he found the evidence, and he wrote the most detailed gospel in the, in the, out of the four gospels that we have of Jesus and the life and the ministry that Jesus lived. And he wrote this letter to Theo. Man, I love calling him Theo. Um, Austin, maybe you'll name your son that one time. Theo. Um, one day when you're married, of course, you know. Um, <laughs> hey. Um, so, but man, he wrote this letter. And so as we read this, as we, we reflect back on last week and we look at the stories of today, I want to encourage you to, to hear it as if someone was writing you a letter, Caleb. If they're writing you a letter, Jacob, you a letter, Aaron, that when we're in hard times, what would a friend write to us? To remind us the reason we believe. What is the reason we believe? What is the evidence we believe? Because we will have battles in this life, as you know. And we need friends and community, but we also need scripture in our own relationship with God to remind us why believing is so important. If you've ever been in a relationship, you know sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's really hard. If you've ever had a friendship, you know sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's really hard. But will we remember the reason we believe? So with that, I'm going to get started. Lord, I just pray you come and speak to me and then speak through me. Inspire us, God. And I pray that we will leave this place remembering that you fight our battles and what you speak, you mean. And that you are real, living God. In Jesus' name, amen. So like last week, I'm not going to have a ton of scripture on the screen. I feel like I'm in a season of actually really wanting you guys to open the word of God, whether that's on your phones or, or if you brought a Bible. Or if you just like to listen like I normally do at church, feel free just to listen and kind of soak it in. But we are going to be starting off in Luke chapter 2. And I just want to kind of set the scene. So we ended, we ended last week um, talking about the, the Zechariah and Elizabeth having John the Baptist and Mary being pregnant with Jesus. So in Luke chapter 2, Mary and Joseph, they're doing their thing. They're probably getting the baby room already, you know, the crib, making sure the baby monitors work. I'm trying to be funny, but, you know, <laughs> they didn't have that stuff back then, but they maybe had something like that. Um, and, and suddenly, think about this. They, they, they get this thing from the government that says, you have to go back to where you were born and you have to register. You have to register. So maybe imagine this. Right now, you know, President Trump gets on the TVs and said, everyone needs to go back to their home country or their home state from where they were born. You'd be like, what? Whoa. We didn't plan that. I don't have the money for that, Aaron. Do you? 
man, I can't afford that. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to do that. Could you imagine being pregnant, like, having to leave, just pack up like that and go? And guys, guess what? They didn't have planes, trains, and automobiles back then. You like that, Michael Sacco? I thought of that. That was clever. They had donkeys, for real. <laughs> they rode on a donkey, man, and it was a long, long journey. So Mary and Joseph, they have to leave what they're doing. They were probably working on their house and getting things ready for this amazing day of having their baby, which wasn't just their baby, but the son of God. And they have to go back to Bethlehem. And on their way, Jesus came. Jesus came in a way they didn't expect, but the time was right. They, they, they're imagining travel. You're in there. You're on this donkey, and your wife or you is like, whoa, the baby's coming. You're probably freaking out. I know I would be freaking out. All right, we got to go. We got to find somewhere. We got to get the best room available. We got to get the best food available. We got to call our friends. We got to call our family. Oh, shoot, we don't have cell phones back then. But, you know, somehow, some way, and they go to an inn, and you guys know the story. The inn is full. But there's a manger back there where sheeps, sheep and animals and there's some hay. And that's all they found. And Jesus was born. And I just want to imagine right now, as I read that, I wonder if there is any guilt or failure or shame attached to that. Like, imagine God giving you the one most precious thing in the world and, like, maybe you had this expectation and excitement to bring him into this world in this amazing way. And he comes in a way that you didn't expect or maybe you even didn't want. And so they have their son, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to pick up in verse 8. And this is what the word of the Lord said. And there, were, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the world and all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. In verse, in verse 12, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. All right, let's just stop right there for a second. So the story is all about Mary and Joseph having Jesus. And then it jumps to these shepherds. Okay, so let's in our day say maybe someone working at a gas station or a horse barn or, I don't know, doing something. <laughs> and they're in their job, they're working, and suddenly out of nowhere, you like that, Adam? I know, where does this stuff come from? <laughs> Pray for me. Um, <laughs> um, he's like, I am, bro. <laughs> but he's, they're working, they're doing whatever shepherds do, and out of nowhere, these angels appear. I mean, literally, you're working at your job, you're in your classroom, you're studying, and an angel of God appears. This stuff isn't made up. I would be like, whoa, what the heck? You know, I would be freaked out. But I love the angel says right away, do not be terrified, but take great joy. Do you guys know that it says something about like 300 times, do not be afraid in this book? And if you remember last week, if you were here, every time an angel came and spoke to Zechariah or Mary, what did they say? First thing they said, do not be terrified. 
And I think something, I just want to break it down real quick. I, one of the first things, guys, I believe, as, as, again, as Luke is writing to Theo, I think he's wanting him to know something. Don't be afraid that God speaks and God moves, and it's often in, in extraordinary, unexpected ways, but don't be afraid. And so he speaks. He speaks about what's to come and what's to happen. Have you guys ever had a promise in your life or something that you thought God spoke to you or said to you, Not maybe not audibly, maybe audibly, something in your heart, but then you didn't see it come to fruition yet? You didn't see it come to life yet? I know I have. And I wonder, so they, they speak this thing to him, and I love what they hap that happens in verse 15. It said, when the angels had left them and gone to heavens, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. C could we just stop right there again? What if we responded that way? Like, I love, these guys are shepherds, and suddenly angels appear. I don't know what the angels looked like. Did they have wings? Did they have little angel things above their heads, you know. I mean, I don't know. Were they dressed in white? Were they, I don't know, but somehow they knew they were angels. And like, man, they say this thing's happening, and they don't miss a beat. I mean, what happened to the sheep? They just leave the sheep. I mean, did they take the sheep with them? I mean, did they, they didn't even go get their families. They're like, let's go to Bethlehem. When God speaks in our lives, do we react that way? Like, when God speaks that I'm going to fight your battles and I'm going to be surrounded by you. That when God speaks through his living word and God speaks to us through prayer and he does things that only he can do, do we believe it and do we respond? I want to be someone that responds when God speaks. That when God moves, he knows, man, Ryan's going to listen, that he's going to go. Because we know his voice. We have his voice. I mean, I'm just encouraged by that. We don't even know if these dudes were Christians. They didn't call them back then. But these were shepherds, and they listened. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, in verse 16, who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And I want you to note this. In verse 19, it will be on the screen. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Hmm. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds then returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. Guys, I, I believe the Father wants to encourage us tonight that God is a God who speaks. He doesn't want us to be afraid, and it often looks in unexpected, unordinary ways. And when he speaks, do we believe it? Do we ponder and keep what he speaks into our hearts, the, tre the promises that he has spoken over our lives, the things that he said he's going to do with us and through us, through this word and through his rhema word of God that he speaks to us by his spirit? Do we believe that, and do we hold on to that? Because we will be shaken in this life. We will be tested in this life for ourselves and for others. And I know this might sound a little redundant to last week, but I believe chapter 1 and 2 are trying to tell us something. I think Luke was trying to say, hey, Theo, 
you're going to be tested. But remember the promise of God over your life. Remember that when God speaks, he completes what he says he's going to do. Remember the story about the shepherds. They were just working, doing their thing, and the angel of the Lord appeared and said, go here and here. This is what happened. They hurried off. They went, and they found what God said. Flip-flopping, if you're back to Mary and Joseph, you have the, your baby, you're in a manger, maybe you're kind of sad and down because your family and friends aren't around. You kind of even wonder, is this really the Son of God? Is this really what was prophesied over him? Is this really him? Is this really all happening? I don't know. Point yourself in the story, friends. How would you feel, Mark? But then these guys, these shepherds, come out of nowhere. And they start proclaiming what the angel of the Lord said to them. Wow, how encouraged do you feel like, do you think they were? And Mary ponders and treasures these God sightings, these testimonies in her heart. She holds on to them. What God sightings, testimonies in your life is maybe God asking, asking you to hold on to and to remember? Think about that. I think three things the Father wants us to know from this passage is that God shows up in unordinary and unexpected ways. That the Lord says, don't be afraid, and he actually means it. And he wants us to believe it. And God fulfills what he speaks in his timing, in his way. As we learned about last week, that when God speaks stuff, it might not look like we think it should look like. We might not look like we want it to look like. But he means what he says. Because a good father doesn't lie. And he's a good, good, good father. So some of you might be thinking, well, great, Rye. That's awesome. That happened 2,000 years ago. Great story, but I haven't seen that in my life. And honestly, I don't know if I'm at a place that I believe that when God speaks, let alone believe that he speaks to me. Great. Thanks for asking that. Our next story might just speak to you. We're going to pick it up at verse 25 in Luke chapter 2. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was a righteous and devout. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts one day. When the when the parents of Jesus Brought, uh, came to the temple to do what was custom of the law required, Simeon took, in his, took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you can now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign, and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. 
there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old, and she lived with her husband seven years after marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very same moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Wow. So just put yourself in the story. I know that's a lot of text. There was a guy named Simeon. He was very, very, very old. And at a very young age, there was a promise that was spoken over his life that one day he would meet the Lord's Christ, which is the Son of God. Is there a promise over your life that has been spoken over your life that maybe you haven't believed and that maybe hasn't happened yet? This guy waited a long, long time. And I love that it says, moved by the Spirit, that he was probably going throughout his ordinary life, his ordinary day one day, but moved by the Spirit, he was moved from within by the Holy Spirit to go into the temple the same time that Joseph and Mary was bringing Jesus. The same time that the promise was going to be revealed to him. And he finally gets to hold the living promise And he basically says, my life is complete. I can be dismissed in peace. Take me to heaven. You've done what you've promised. And if that wasn't good enough for Joseph and Mary, at the same time, this other woman of God who lives and worships, imagine someone living at church their whole lives, comes up to them and prophesies who Jesus is meant to be and what Jesus is meant to do the same exact time. And I just love that story. And I ask myself that when God speaks and moves to us, when he speaks and moves to you, Megan, do you listen? Do we respond in an act of faith? When he says go right or go left or go here or go there or to call this person or do this, do we respond out of faith, not understanding always why we're meant to do it, but that he has a greater reason and story for it? What if Simeon that day didn't want to listen to God? What if he was doing his own thing, Chanel, and didn't want to go to the temple? But he listened to the move of God within him, and he went, and the promise that he desperately waited for was revealed to him. And I feel like the Father wants us to know that the promises over our lives, sometimes there's been times in my life that I thought I was meant to to marry this person or go and do this person. When I was little, I thought I was meant to be an NFL player. But you know what? Those things didn't come to happen. I thought maybe sometimes it was God, but God will bring other people and other things to confirm the things he's spoken. Raise your hand right now if you had a dream or, or, or something over your life that you thought was God. Michael, I know you have had one. Don't make me say what it was. (laughs) Thank you. And looking back in my life, I look at those dreams or those things that I thought was God, and I'm so thankful God had a better plan. And it wasn't something that I had to make or force to happen in my timing or my way, 
but it was something that God brought to happen in his timing, in his way. He brought people into my life to speak the same exact things that I've been praying for or waiting for or doing. I look at Carol here, and this is just a recent example, but just a couple weeks ago, I was sitting here in worship, and out of nowhere, I felt like God said, ask Carol to be an alive leader. I'm like, God, she's not going to want to be a live leader. She's interning at the church and doing all these other things. But, and I was afraid. I was afraid she was going to say no. I was gonna, afraid I was going get, to get rejected, being honest. And I'm, but I've just learned, you know, when I feel that, hey, I would rather swing and miss than, look, than just look at the ball go by. It's a baseball analogy, not a football one. Look at that. Making progress. <laughs> And so I went up to Carol. I was like, Carol, this is crazy. And I totally understand if you don't, you know, don't have time. Um, but I feel like I'm supposed to ask you, you know, if you ever want to be an alive leader, just know that I, I would love to have that conversation with you. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Ryan, you got to be kidding me. I was like, whoa, don't be nice about it. You don't have to, you know, turn me down that hard, you know. And she's like, no, Ryan, you don't understand. During worship, God spoke to me and told me to come ask you if I could be an alive leader. I was like, what? Like, guys, that's just how God speaks and does things. It doesn't happen like that all the time, but he confirms things. that, Like, you can't make that up, right? We were doing this other thing at church, and this isn't about me as Ryan. You know, I'm going to tell a story from earlier in life. But we were doing this thing at church the other day where we're supposed to give words uh, uh, to people that we feel like God's saying to them. And I'm having people come up to me that I don't even know. And I hear this word about Mighty Mouse. Does anyone know who Mighty Mouse is? It was like this Mickey Mouse person that was small but very mighty. And like, I'm like, I feel like this was a give this word saying, you're a Mighty Mouse. And I'm like, what? This person's going to look at me like I'm freaking crazy. Like Mighty Mouse, you know? And I'm just like, oh, Lord. And like, so I just say, hey, I feel like, does Mighty Mouse mean anything to you, you know? And she starts like, it means so much to her. And I'm just stepping out in faith, you know, and I hear this other word that, hey, I believe you're meant to be a writer, and you're meant to write articles and journalism, and, and she starts crying, and I'm like, shoot, what did I do? And she's like, how did you know I'm a writer? And I'm like, what? And guys, I'm not saying that about me. It's taken a long time to listen to God, and I'm, I don't always get it right, but God speaks, and God confirms it, and, and, and that person who was a writer, she was at a point in her job and her career that she was doubting that she was making a difference, that she was actually doubting, should I continue to write? And she needed to hear that, and that wasn't me. That was God. God hears us. He sees us, and when he speaks to us, he will confirm his word. He will bring the right people and the right pieces together in his timing and his way. But when we try to make it happen faster than he wants, or we try to do it our way, it falls apart. But when we're surrendered, when we're open, when we trust, watch how he brings people to confirm what he said. Because he's more invested in our lives than we are. And I promise there'll be the best roller coaster, the best ride that you'll ever go on. And you don't even have to do any of the work. You just get to watch it happen. And so I want to ask you, I want to challenge you, not just you but me. Do we write down the promises of God over our lives? Adam, you're a pretty good friend. If you said, hey, Ryan, <laughs> actually, Gabe Jones did this to me once. What's up, Gabe? Gabe told me he was going to take me to the Cavs-Warriors uh, NBA championship game if they had a rematch last year, and uh, he didn't do that, but I believed him. <laughs> Gabe, are you in here? 
somewhere? Yeah, what's up, bro? <laughs> He's like, not anymore, I'm not. <laughs> but, hey, when our friends tell us, and he told me this year, they really do have a rematch. He's going to take me. But the Cavs need a lot of help, so I don't know if it's going to happen. But my point is, I'm rambling. When friends tell us things, I think we believe them, right? And I actually did believe Gabe. I think if Gabe truly had a way, he would have. And I believe one day he's going to make it up for me and take me. So <laughs> when he's uh, rich and famous, you know, and he's going to call me up 20 years and be like, yo, I got a promise I got to fulfill. So, <laughs> but when, we, when, when our friends, when our family, when people we love and trust tell us things, we listen to them. We believe in them. I know I do. I love to believe in people. I love it. And I love when people believe in me. And, I, and we would probably write those things down. We'd probably remember them. We would hold them on to treasures. Well, do we write down the promises that God has spoken over our lives? Do we remember them? Do we believe them? Because I think God loves to be believed in. Do we write down God sightings in your life? I remember I went on a mission trip one time, and someone said, hey, write down all the God sightings. I'm like, God sightings? What am I, looking for a leprechaun or something? <laughs> like, like what, what is this thing? And she's like, write down God sightings, how God moves in your life. He just moves in extraordinary, crazy ways on mission trips. And I was like, okay. And, like, I just love the seed that was planted in my mind because what if every day we wrote down how God has moved in our lives? I used to do this um, and I would encourage any of you to do this if you want. Um, every night before I would go to bed, I would take five minutes and I would close my eyes and I would re-envision me living out my day. I would re-envision me waking up and brushing my teeth and, and eating breakfast. Well, I don't really eat breakfast, but, you know, do, doing, meeting, living out my day. And I would ask God, God, where did I miss you today? What were something that you did in my life today, God? What is something that I should be thankful for? Remind me where I saw you, Holy Spirit, and remind me where I missed you. And memories would come to mind, things that were easy, people holding the doors open for me, a text, uh, finding a penny that says, in God we trust, or things that I totally even forgot about. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was a reminder of God. That was a God sighting in my life. That was God, something God spoke to me, reminding me that he sees me, that he knows me, and that he loves to live life with me. I, w I, I wouldn't think about it too much. I would write it down. And it's so awesome to go back and read and remember those things. Each day, our life goes, goes away like a blink in an eye. Do we remember how God has moved? Do we look for God and ask and expect him to show us, to show us, to show up and show off? What if God, when he moves, I love how the shepherds, the, the, the sheep people, <laughs> the shepherds, you know, go and they tell everyone what was told to them. They, told, they tell everyone what they saw. Michael, what if we lived in a way that we went and told people how God was moving in our lives? What if we went back to our roommates and was like, this is what God did today and alive. This is what God did in my life. Like, what if we were just so excited that, you know, for once we, like, stopped worrying about offending people and we just started sharing about the love of our Father. We started sharing about how God moves and speaks to our lives. Guys, when I got engaged, like, I told everyone like, and I didn't really care if someone didn't want to know. <laughs> like, I was telling people at McDonald's that night. Like, dude, I was so excited. A promise that was spoken over my life 32 years later came to fruition, came to happen, and I was telling everyone. Probably some of you heard about it when you didn't want to hear about it. Sorry, Caleb. 
Oh, you just found out. <laughs> but, man, I was telling everyone, wow, Mary Jane, she likes to be in the moment, right? She doesn't want to, like, tell people at first. She just wants to live and soak it all in. So we made an agreement. We said, okay, we'll start telling people the next day. Well, that only lasted for, like, two hours for me. <laughs> we were at the Cavs game downtown Cleveland, and halftime, I'm just ready to pop. I'm like, MJ, like, I can't. I can't take it anymore. Give me my phone, you know? And I just, like, Facebook, Instagram, boom, like, and I'm just like, oh, man, I was, like, just a fiend going off. Like, like, you know, I just had to tell everyone because one of the greatest things in the history of my life happened, and I couldn't contain it, and I wouldn't contain it, and I didn't care if anyone wanted me to contain it. What if we live that way for Jesus? Eric Diaz, you know the word of God. What if every day we woke up and lived Paul in a way that said, we're sharing about how God's moving in our lives. I'm sorry if it's going to offend you. I'm not going to be in your face or disrespectful, but I'm going to live and share my life in a way because God is real and I want you to know it. I would rather you be offended than be in hell one day because I want you to know about this loving and living God that sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me and that has me in my life and he loves me and he loves you. What if we live that, day, that way, Mark, every day? And I'm not saying I do, but I'm saying I want to, Shelb. What if we were that excited about God? And maybe, just maybe, he's asking us to, to have a magnifying glass to pay attention to what he's doing in our lives, to write it down, to remember the story, to remember the reason we believe. And when we hold those things as treasures in our hearts, we're going to share it. Because it, it can't be contained, Janet. When you go back home to Nigeria one day, you're gonna, you can't contain the stories and memories you have here. You can't. You won't. I know you. You can't contain. No one's ever going to take your joy. <laughs> I want to live that way every day. And if you're not there and you don't believe it, that's okay. Just ask God to show you that he's real, to show you that he's alive, and watch how he shows up. So I have one more story, and that's on this next page uh, on verse 41. And I love this story so much. I'm going to welcome the band to come back up. And in verse 41, it says this. Every year, his parents went to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus, for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents was returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, and then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. I want to just stop right there real quick. Imagine you lose one of the one people you love the most in this world. Maybe some of you have. You know that pain. You know that fear. And they're searching for him. And they're desperately, they're not eating, they're not sleeping. They are freaking out, trying to find not just their son, but God's son, who they entrust, God entrusted them with, Noah. Could you imagine, how would you feel if you lost Jesus? I mean, come on. <laughs> Talk about not being afraid. Let's get real. And they, there's a grace and a stature on his life, it said. But yet, he's in church, listening and asking questions just amazes me 
And friends, we need community. We need the word of God to understand God's voice. Sometimes there's been so many times I thought it was God and it wasn't. And other times I didn't know how to listen to God and he spoke to me because I had faith of a child. But it was reading his word and it was trusting good friends, good mentors, good people around me to confirm what he says. And the son of God not just humbled himself. It says he who, is, who, he who knew no sin became sin, Hannah, for our sake. He humbled himself in that way, but he humbled himself even more to listen and ask questions, Austin. Are we listening first to God? Are we asking him questions? Are we talking to him? Because he just wants to be your friend. He just wants to live life with you, Bryce. And are we listening, asking questions to the people around us? It says on verse 47, Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. <laughs> I just love his response. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth. Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Here it is again, guys. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. From a very young age, Jesus was about his father's business. As you read this book and you read the gospels, the two things that Jesus lives for the most, it is evidently clear is his father and his father's kingdom. He spent a lot of time with his father. He loved being with his father. And I think he asked a lot of questions and listened to his father. I think he treasured the things that his father had spoken over his life into his heart. And he remembered those through the good times and the hard times. And friends, I just want to ask you, on this day, whether you know God or you don't, whether this is your first time or your hundredth time, will you listen and ask and believe that God wants to speak to you? Will you listen and believe that God wants to remember and remind you who he is and who you are? To remind you the reason you believe. Anything worth doing in life you have to fight for and anything you love in life even the band they love to play music but if they're not careful they can lose that passion they have to fight to keep that passion alive you have to fight to keep that passion alive with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or, or studies that you're doing or anything that you love will you fight to keep your passion alive with Jesus trust that he's moving he has he does and he will show you remind you the treasures of your heart and that you are alive for an amazing amazing reason will you pray with me father i just thank you for these stories I thank you that Luke, even though he wasn't there, must have went and interviewed Mary. 
and interviewed the people and she must have shared these stories and how she treasured these memories which were God sightings into her heart. She hung on to them. That even on that day when Jesus was on the cross and he died, when he could have called thousands and legions of angels down or he could have just took himself off, he stayed on there for our sake to save us, to give us hope. But as Mary must have sat there to see her son, she, hold on, she held on to the treasure of him and the treasure of the promise and the promises and the God sightings that you have spoken and done in her life through him. God, I can't convince anyone in this room that you're real, but you can. So show up and show off tonight and every day of our lives. Let us take note, let us pay attention to who you are and how you're moving every day of our lives. And when you move, let us listen. Let us be like Simeon who waits patiently, believing, and that when you move in, in unexpected, extra, unordinary ways, let us follow you. Thank you that you remind us who you are. You remind us who we are.
Thank you, Jesus. So here at Alive, we believe in the power of prayer. And so the, through these next couple of songs, we're gonna just going to have some people on the sides of the rooms. They're coaches, they're young adult leaders who've just volunteered and given their time to be here, to pray for you, to mentor you, to walk through this life with you. And if you need prayer for anything, I just encourage you to come out and get some prayer. So coaches, can you guys go to your spots and make sure there's half and half on each side? But as the worship team begins to play, I just felt like there's some people in this room that actually doubt that God speaks. And I want you to know that you're not alone through that. I've doubted that he speaks. <laughs> but he's always faithful to remind me that he does. So if you guys could bow your head, close your eyes. If you're in a place where you just don't know if God speaks or you don't know how to listen to his voice, can you just raise your hand? Thank you. Thanks for your faith in doing that. I see you and he sees you. Coaches, can you just open your eyes and look at these people raising their hands and just, can one of you just go and lay a hand on them, please? Just make sure everyone gets, no one gets forgotten. Eric Diaz or someone in the back. So this is gonna be this is gonna be weird, but co the coaches, can you put your hand on their heart? Um, girls, do this for the girls. Guys, don't do that. Um, and then, the, and the person who's getting prayer, can you actually put your hand on your ears? This is sound. I know this sounds really weird. And everyone else, if you just want to pray and agree with me, that'd be awesome. But Father, I just pray right now. I just thank you for my friends that have responded in faith. And they've said, Lord, I want to hear you. So God, we just say right now, we agree with you right now. And we say, Father, you are God who speaks. And we first pray for our friends' hearts in Jesus' name. We pray that their hearts would know your voice, would hear your voice, would respond to your voice. Because they know the heart of the one who speaks. And we just pray right now, just as, just as um, uh, John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb when he heard the voice of Mary, that their hearts would leap when you speak, God. And so I bless their hearts in Jesus' name. 
And Father, I pray for their ears, that their ears would be tuned in like a radio being tuned into your frequency, God. That they would hear you speak audibly and within in a way that only you can. That they pick up your signal. That the lies and the distractions and every other voice would be silenced in Jesus' name. But they would hear and most of all listen to the voice of their father. And God, I also bless everyone else in this room, whether they raise their hand or not. Can you just put your hand on your heart? And God, we just bless our hearts with faith in Jesus' name. We just bless our hearts with faith that you are real, that this isn't a show or a performance, but you are real. And God, I just pray that our hearts would take the posture of listening to you, of asking for you that you love to show up and show off. And guys, I just feel like the Lord says, challenge me. It's okay, don't test me, challenge me. Ask me to show up and speak and watch it out how I am. He's a big God, he's a big dad. He, it's okay for you to say, God, I don't believe in you, but I wanna believe in you. Because I guarantee, guys, if he's real, which he is, you don't wanna miss him. You don't wanna walk through your life thinking he's just a myth tradition. So God, we just bless our hearts to believe. We bless our hearts to ask. Show us who you are and show us who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need any more prayer, the coaches will be on the side of the room and would love to pray for you.
God, right now, I just thank you for the ultimate sacrifice that you made for us. 
God, I just thank you that you're so good, that you're faithful to follow up when you say you're gonna do something. And I thank you for your reckless, beautiful love that passionately pursues after us. That even when we feel so alone, an enemy tries to steal, you come and you bring life. You come and you bring joy unspeakable. And so God, in this last song, I pray that you just speak hope. You speak new life. You bring that joy unspeakable. Thank you for your reckless love, God. Is.
So we leave this village, and I always wondered when I won this world race if I would see blind people see and deaf people hear, and if I ever would see people in wheelchairs get up and walk, and, and the crippled and the lame become made whole. And, and we left, and a week later, we, we, we ran into this pastor, and he said, have you heard what's, what's happened? And I said, no, what do you mean? He's like, you haven't heard the stories? And I said, what stories? He said, the kid that you prayed for, the kid that you gave the Bible to, him and his friends threw all their liquor and all their alcohol away, and they've gone around the village praying for the sick, praying for the deaf, praying for the the, the, the blind, and we've seen miraculously miracles. We've seen the lame walk, the, the, the blind see. We've never seen a move like this happen. And I was blown away, and I felt like God said, because I, I was at a time and a place where I kind of doubted, does that, thing, does that stuff happen? And he said, Ryan, you might not have seen it, but you were a part of inspiring it. And I would much rather not do it myself, but hear stories of people like you going out and being the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ in this world and this life. Romans, it says that the same power, the same life, the same love, Eric Diaz, that lived in Jesus lives in you. That he lives in us. That his love and his resurrecting power lives in us. And that we can be that hope and that love and that change to a broken and hurting world. Step by step, day by day, be in his hands and his feet. So wherever you're at, as we sing this chorus one more time tonight, will you step into faith and know that if God can use a kid like that and a kid like me, he would love to use someone like you. God, we just thank you. God, we thank you for how you first loved us, God. 
thank you that you're bringing us into alignment with your kingdom. God, you're binding this family together in love. That we'd be a people who above all else are obedient to your word and your command, God. I was sitting there talking to my grandfather. He's a big spiritual influence on me last weekend. And we were just talking about like our generation and our group of people. And I was like, you know, it's funny how everyone is always just so, just has such a zeal for going after worship and just God in all these ways. But for me personally, it's been like, is that what God's calling me to go after? And like, yes, I love worship. Everyone who knows me knows that I have a heart for worship, but above all else, I have a heart and desire to become obedient to God. Whether that means having trust and assurance and when I'm gonna follow him off the boat and in the water, I'm gonna be safe or not. I wanna be someone who goes after him with all I am and all I have. And so I'm just gonna pray us out real quick. Father God, I just thank you for what you're doing, God. Thank you for what you've done tonight, and I thank you for what you're going to continue to do and work in the lives of the people who came here tonight, God. God, and as I've heard Ryan say so many times before, that true power is that which is given away to others, God. And would you just continue to use us as a body to empower other people to walk with you, Father? We love you, and we thank you. In your son's name, amen. All right, guys, thanks for coming out tonight. Don't forget, next Wednesday, we're not here, but we're back at our home church at the Vineyard for Encounter Night. So thanks for coming, guys. Shine, shine, shine like the sun, you're waking us to life.